Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. A lot can happen in three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare tri-term medical plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at uh1.com. So, uh, yeah, hello everyone, welcome to the Mouth of Manliness. Hello. Um, uh, we were on the radio yesterday in uh, in, in England on BBC Essex. Check and Yeah, yeah, it was pretty exciting. And I really wanted to do Welcome to the Mouth of Manliness at the beginning of it, but it really didn't seem appropriate at all. It was not that kind of vibe, mate, was it? No, it weren't. It was, uh, oh, I'm not going to, it was great. It was very professional. It was very professional. Yes. So, we have got a mouth of manliness first today, which I'm very excited about. Mouth of manliness would like to formally welcome our first female, Helen Murphy. Hello. Is it on you? You're being filmed. (laughs) (laughs) Hello, hello, Helen. How are you doing? I'm all right. Our first lady, which actually is... um, uh, really, really great because like you're one of my favourite women. And what's cool so as to well have you on. is you're definitely like I would say like top five, top ten of ultimate super fans as well. Like Thanks. You, you share Don't get like a stuff. badge or something. Yeah, we'll sort that out later. Uh, yes. No, I feel honoured. I feel yes. honoured. You are honoured. You are honoured. I, okay. And I've been saying since the start, I wanted yeah. to get you on. It's just like working it out. So yeah, our first female person, and it's I guess I've always wanted to. I ne- never wanted it to be just about men. So it's really good to have you on. And not only are you a woman with with woman bits, you're a qualified <laughs> counsellor as well. Oh, I am. Which makes you doubly interesting. And you're really fucking interesting anyway. Am I? Yeah, you are. Yeah, yeah, okay. you are. So but, you guys used to work together, right? Yeah. I think we, start, we started working together at seven or eight years ago mm-hmm. and we haven't been working together now for about three years yeah about that yeah and then in between that basically me and helen shared a room most of the time and um i i think helen knows absolutely everything about me pretty much <laughs> i think it's the same the other way around isn't yeah it? i think it is yeah we've had some moments <laughs> yeah we have we've yeah. definitely had some moments when like there's no one else in the room helen and i was just like fucking 
be like, fuck, I can't do all this shit. And it's like all the time going for my wife having cancer as well. Like Helen was definitely someone there who, there who kind of uh, had my back and um, and yeah, vice versa at times. Yes. And we're going to have Simon on soon as well. My husband. <laughs> well, man. Husband. Yes. <laughs> he's an interesting character. He's an interesting character. He's been really lovely, actually. He's Like the other day, he just messaged me to say, I just thought I'd message you to say I care. And I thought, how oh, sweet that's is amazing. that? That's amazing. I love that's that. really nice. People mm. should do shit like that. It's really nice. Definitely. A lot more. So before we get started, uh, I'd like to give a shout out to uh, Tina Hall. <laughs> that's Tina Hall. Someone who Helen and I work with. Um, she's one of the most chavvy people in Basildon. <laughs> <laughs> no, she's not really. Uh, but she was. Uh, she had a go at me the other day for not uh, giving her a shout out. And I was like, well, why would I give you a shout out? But apparently I should. So there you go, oh, Tina. So we're under instruction. Yeah, well, yeah. Well, from now on, every time we do shout outs, we'll put her on the list and she'll get read out every week. No, no. Oh, all right. No, we won't do that. We won't do that. So, um, yeah, it was started. It started fucking ages ago. Mm. Um, so, right, can I? Let's get started on you, Helen. So, I thought the first thing I would say to get us on the roll is, uh, your counsellor. Um, do you have many men and women? Uh, more women than men. You do. Yeah. Uh, and it's really different uh, counselling men than women. In what way? In the way that women seem to be much more used to talking about their feelings and digging deep and men come in with a bit of a notion of this is not right, it's not the right thing to do to come in and talk about my feelings. Right. Um, we kind of break through that quite quickly, to be fair. Oh, you do? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I feel like actually... My more successful clients, like the the ones that I feel really, really good about and really proud about, tend to be more men than women. Do you, is that because of that though? Because yeah, probably. Thing, probably. Because yeah. so the breakthrough like breakthroughs feel fantastic. Yeah, breakthroughs. Yeah. Mm. And, and for them as well. Yeah. Like, you know, like, yeah. that's, like that's the big bit, isn't it? Everyone yeah. wants a breakthrough. Yeah. So what? They kind of come around fairly quickly. Yeah. So the, how, how, do you, how do you go about what normal? What is how does that work? How does it work? Yeah, well, have you got yeah. like a have you like is it CBT that's like the six no, weeks or twelve CBT, weeks or something? You're like, what's uh, the actual structure? No, there, of it? there's no structure really. Uh, it depends. I, um, I I work with a lot of children. That's my main kind of thing at the moment. Is that I'm working with like three different children's charities, but I've got my own private clients as well. Um, so it. It just depends what they come with, really, and what they want to do. Uh, I'm not really just pure CBT. I'm not pure anything. I tend to go quite instinctively with yeah, that's important. what works. Yeah, um, more integrative. Yeah, 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 yeah definitely. Mm. I think that's really important, though. Yeah. You can't just do one or the other, because CBT, like, for me, I'm like, what? Yeah, no. it is a bit worrying because I've no, obviously signed up for therapy for you and obviously I haven't heard back for like a million weeks or whatever. That's I'm, not unusual, I'm kind of aware that it's only going to be like the certain amount of sessions yeah. or whatever. I've got a lot to talk about. But yeah, um, yeah, but yeah, I think, didn't like... you say like they have got the option, I think, to keep going or refer you on again kind of thing, so. Yeah, uh, yeah. I suppose it depends on who you see. When I went, uh, I went to mine, but that was through therapy for you and mm. they offered me more. I don't know if it's my mum 
if it was because my mum uh, supervises the manager. <laughs> that might have helped, but yeah, uh, definitely. No, I don't know. Like the guy who did it was pretty. Like I think it was off his back. He did it anyway. Oh, cool. Yeah. So what got you into it then? How come, how did what you got me in? into counselling? Yeah. Uh, my own very poor mental health and yeah. working through that and having my own therapy. Um, I was not well from quite a young age. Uh, through my teens, my first hospitalisation was when I was 15. Nice. Nice. Um, so it took me a long time to get the help that I obviously needed, actually not until uh, I'd had my children. So I had my children quite young. I've got two children um, that I had when I was 18 and 19. And it wasn't until my early 20s that I'd had quite a few more hospital visits that I started to get the actual help that I needed. So I, mm. I started off with some art therapy through the NHS, Amazing. which I was really lucky to get on. Mm. Um, I did that for about three years, and then the art therapist emigrated. Ah. So that group just kind of dissolved. And then I was very, very lucky to have 10 whole years of psychotherapy on wow. the NHS, which nobody gets. No, that's Yeah, I'm, I'm shocked by it. Like, I, yeah. I get two to three years. Yeah. And I, um, and I, yeah, I think before I went to have it, I, I kind of talked to you about it. Yeah. And uh, I was dubious because it was a group. Because it that is, it, I I don't see how it can possibly be psychotherapy, because uh, like there's there's no deep dive, mm. but I still find it quite useful. I suppose because in the group you kind of if you haven't been at school for a while or work for a while or whatever, and then all of a sudden you're plunged into like a social situation that you might already be uncomfortable with, it's going to take a little bit longer for you to open up maybe. But then I guess the good thing is you might hear someone with a similar story, might bounce off each other and kind that's, of. That, like, that's the way it works. But I, I always kind of envisage like if you're doing one to one, like you must have, you must have pulled every last thing apart. You'd think so, wouldn't you? Did you not? You'd think so. I I got to the end of that ten years and thought, right, if I'm not fixed yeah. by now, I ain't never going to be. But then when I, because you asked me about how did I get into counselling, yeah. when I started doing my um, counselling studies, you have to have some personal therapy to, to yeah. get through your qualification, and more and more stuff was coming up, and I'm like, hang on a minute. I've had 10 years of psychotherapy. Yeah. I should be sorted by now. But no, like, I just think of it kind of like you're forever polishing the mirror to see yeah. yourself. That's a nice way to um, put it. And that never stops. Yeah. If, that's, if that stops, you might as well lay down and die. Mm. If you don't want to find anything else about yourself, go It's funny, life. yeah, because you messaged me a while ago, didn't you? You said you hadn't been in that good a time, and I was like, you've always got to be working on it. Yeah. So you... Pull, so you what, so do you pull up things that you hadn't thought about? Um, maybe different perspectives on things that I had thought about and thought I'd solved, like family stuff. Yeah, yeah. Um, which I, I, I guess as we grow and we mature, you look at things in a different way and, and you kind of you remember things in a different way and being quite reflective, you end up going... Was it all about that person? Have I pinned my entire life and all my excuses of why I feel so shit on that one person? Actually, you know, I'm an adult now. So why is that still affecting me? So your point of view kind of changes. Yeah. You start to think if I was in that situation, would I have done a similar yeah. sort of thing? Or, Absolutely. Or you have a bit being more a parent, understanding. Oh, yeah, definitely. Being a parent yeah. really makes you think about 
how your parents dealt with things and the struggles that they went through. Yeah. And it's a bloody hard job. Oh, definitely. I it's tell really my mum, I try and tell my mum all the time now, especially when we've had a few drinks, I go, thanks, mum. Like, that was well shit, wasn't it? But, like, we've got through the other side. Like, I kind of get it now. Like, I yeah. can kind of understand. Like, the thought of her going through what I'm going through now with two young kids, and she was on her own as well, it's just unfathomable. It's mm. mental. It's nuts. Uh, it's so true, though. Your perspective does change as you grow up, uh, sometimes in a good or bad way. So, for me, in some ways, my perspective changed when I became a dad and that made me kind of more angry with my dad because it was like, well, I, I'm I'm a fucking mess, but I'm doing better than you did. Um, but then, yeah, I had a bit of a breakthrough with him recently and I feel a little bit differently about mm. that now because mm. uh, I just guess you just don't always take into account that everyone is going through their own bag of shit. Yeah. Like, no matter what, even if you think someone's together quite often they're still fucking dealing with things so yeah you kind of i just think you have to give everyone a good fucking chance do you think that changes how you um speak to your own kids do you often do you find yourself like second guessing stuff that you might think or do or like reflecting on it a little bit afterwards yeah, I find absolutely. myself like saying things like, where the hell did that come from? And then I think, oh, yeah, I'm saying that because my natural instinct is to say this. I normally find myself sort of going back and saying, well, you know, I said this. Also, think of it like that and like, try and give them a bit of a balanced <laughs> argument. I must be confusing the hell out of them. But like even with Olive, I say, oh, you're so pretty. And I go, oh, and clever and strong <laughs> and independent <laughs> and brave. And Kate's like, you, like, she keeps catching me do it. And I can't help it. I'm quite happy that I am doing it because yeah. like... I, I, not that it's such a bad thing, but like I just you know, don't want to kind of do anything wrong, you know. So I just try and say all of it at the same time in the hope that something might happen. I'll give her like a bloody identity <laughs> crisis or something. The important bit is, is that you thought about it and you care enough to think about it. I think like that's the important bit. Yeah. Like you will get it wrong and you'll fuck it up, but but uh, if if you if you fuck it up, but then go back and go, oh, yeah, I'm sorry about that. Then actually, you're teaching them a really good lesson there. And that's that's the important bit. That's yeah. all that matters. I think that first response is our like kind of conditioned response, isn't it? Yeah. And then afterwards, you have a think about, it and you go, "Why did I say that? Oh, I know, because my mum used to say that to mm. me." And you kick yourself, especially yeah. in anger yeah. as well. Some of the things yeah. I've said, and I can hear like my granddad, my dad, my mum. What? Like I literally sound like I'm a 1950s housewife or whatever, yeah. screaming and shouting. That's at not me. Yeah, I can't catch myself. Like ah, this is not good. I have to go and sort of remedy it. So. um so, tell us a bit about, so how did you end up in hospital at 15? Uh, tried to kill myself, like I do. And, and that, then... that weren't the first time, actually. Uh, but that was the first. I think I've, oh, it's such a long time ago. I think I like called the Samaritans or something and went, I've taken a load of pills and okay. they sent an ambulance out. And Yeah, it was not a pleasant experience being on an adult unit, mental health unit yeah. of the hospital. That was pretty scary. Yeah. We had another guy a little while ago, uh, Brad Humble, who, who said about his experience mm. and how just the experience of being on the unit was like quite enough to kind of put things into perspective for him. And I think, I need to get it. I need to be, get strong here mm. because... Uh, in many ways, I don't know end up like the other people who are already here. Yeah. So when did you start feeling shit then? Mm. 
don't know, probably about 10, I reckon. Yes, in the time yeah. for me. I mean, it's that entering the puberty. Yeah. Everything starts getting a little bit crazy. Yeah. And, and then it just starts to feel... And, yeah. Because I, I, I imagine uh, a, a, a lot of your kind of issues are probably pretty similar to mine, as in not feeling good enough or, yeah. or feeling like you're shit. I think it's as well being... Because you're creative, you're both creative people, and it tends to make you a little bit more sensitive. And I used to really hate that word when I was growing up because mm. I was constantly told you're oversensitive, uh, you turn on the tears like a tap, yeah. all that kind of stuff. Yeah. And actually, I was just feeling things really deeply from a young age. And I, I'm a big believer in like um, families end up with one person maybe two people but one person that's like the conduit in the family yep. that kind of holds all that emotion all that stress and it's too much for some people to yeah. hold you can't do it and so was that you yeah that was me i was the conduit you were but you were the kid like it yeah mm. yeah sister i've got quite a big family actually i've got two sisters and a brother and and how, middle uh, child syndrome. Oh, you were in the middle? <laughs> yeah. So you were like holding it together, like for everyone? I felt like it. I mean, uh, I'm right. talking to my brothers, my brother and my sisters and my parents, they might have a they totally different They probably see it that way, but if you felt yeah. that way, then yeah, that's, I felt then that's like what it. matters. And I remember like kind of looking after my sister a lot and looking after my brother. And when my mum would introduce me to people, she'd introduce her, oh, this is Helen, she's my little mummy. Uh, it's like, you know, uh, I kind of yeah. felt like I took that role on. Yeah, of course. Yeah. Of, oh, I've got to look after everyone yeah. then. Amazing. Yeah. So it's those little seeds that we plant in our kids. Yeah, yeah. yeah it's strange. Not it? deliberate. Yeah. Not no. deliberate at all. No, it's just a No, no, exactly. Yeah. And she probably thought she was being lovely comment. saying yeah. that yeah, yeah. kind of thing as well, you know, like yeah. giving you credit mm. for what you've done. Mm. But yeah, you could see how that would put the weight mm. on. But you had a difficult, like, family life, though, didn't you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I think. Um, Do you I mind me going into this? No, bit? no, no, I don't mind. Uh, so my mum left my my dad, my biological dad, and kind of, from what I understand, whisked us away, like, quite swiftly, possibly in the middle of the night. I don't know, she don't really like to talk about it, so it's mm, one of those enough. things yeah. that you never really get to the bottom of. Mm, yeah. But um, that was difficult that relationship that I had with my biological father because we, we used to still see him we he, he would visit us or we would go and stay with him he was a unusual character uh like a bit criminal like a little bit, a bit, weird, a bit weird. yeah yeah like you know vans turning up in the middle of the night yeah. unloading loads of meat and oh, yeah. Ah, right. yeah, yeah, yeah. he was scrappy yeah. and that kind of stuff but um yeah and I I pinned a lot of my hatred on him actually yeah. um for many many years and now in my adult life I, I feel like mm, he weren't perfect by any means but no parent is perfect I wouldn't, I wouldn't even say he did good enough but I, I'm at peace with it I'm at but peace yeah with but what, as you say it's yeah, a difficult yeah. situation You've gone away with your mum. Yeah. So you're only going to see him, you're not going to see him as much as you probably would expect to, probably. No. So whatever happens, he's always going to be in the wrong, isn't he? Because yeah. Because you, you were taking away. He would away. never contact me enough 
or and I remember around the time when I um in my teens when I was getting quite unwell I wrote him this big letter and like you know where you laugh like you've done this and you've done yeah. that and you never rang me and you you know like why have you not made an effort and he actually responded to to that letter and said well why haven't you made the effort wow well, yeah and I'm like, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, yeah I totally thought I was going to... That's yeah. a big old mistake he made there, but... Mm. I know, and the problem is, though, were you like, well, I was a kid. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so oh, you actually, you weren't looking at it like a dad. No. no. You were looking at it as a poor me. No. Yeah. And then you're like, but you're the dad and you shouldn't do that, but mm. yet we would say, like, you, that, if that's how you feel. Yeah. You know, like, you could, and like you know, when you're the ill person, you go, oh, that's how I felt, and yeah. that's why that's... So that's significant, and it and it counts at the detriment of everyone, how everyone else feels. It's weird, isn't it? Yeah. So you're totally right. It's like you do have to just go. It is what it is. Yeah, yeah. And like I can even make it hurt me forever. Yeah. Or I can just go enough now. Mm. And I think like with my counselling head as well, I really try and have empathy and compassion for everyone so even like my dad I'll go like oh well, what was his generation like yeah. you know they weren't all lovey-dovey towards each other and like the best most nurturing parents so what have you got to go by yeah so yeah I know I know but don't you get I get frustrated with that as well because it's like oh, then you just forgive everyone for everything forever and like in many ways I suppose that's what we should do you know like, I suppose I think like finding this is going to sound like proper hippy dippy, but I think they say like finding a little bit of love for them, in even if it's in your own certain way, like even to say like, oh, like he was of his generation kind of thing. That's enough to go. Mm. Yeah, that makes sense. I'll give you that, and then just sort of park it in that direction kind of thing. Yeah. Like just fight if you can like aim a little bit of love in that kind of direction in whatever form that looks like. For me, anyway, that kind of work. I'm still trying to get my head around like how to do it with a lot of people. Some of the people I hate the most, especially at work. But then you like, you have to think like, oh, they're this way, that way because of this and because of that and everything else. And you just kind of got to like process it and park it in your own brain. Yeah, anyway. I think I, I kind of call that acceptance. Yeah, it's just the mm. acceptance that things are as they are or they were as they were. You can't do anything about it. And all the time you're kind of tr- trying to, uh, you're just hurting yourself. Yeah, yeah. and, and it, it can it can con- it's like a con- continuation of the situation as well. So, like, if it's a bad situation of just say, like the mum is kind of like, oh, he's done this and he's run away kind of thing. That's the script that you learn from it, and that's the trajectory yeah, that yeah. you keep going mm. on kind of thing, regardless of like what happened. Like it could have been like the sweetest man in the world or whatever. That script you kind of grab it and take it with you. And it can be hard to change because it's your mum that said it. Yeah. So you have to start challenging your mum all of a sudden. Mm. Like yeah, for me, yeah. a lot and of the breakthroughs really I had were not always face-to-face, but in my mind, and then a little bit more recently face-to-face, is actually saying, like, oh, this kind of makes sense now. I kind of understand that that happened. And then as soon as she starts talking, you get the other side perspective, like, I never knew any of this mm. stuff. Yeah. And you're like... It, now it's changed you can kind of rewrite the script with it a little bit it's got like a lot less power and then it kind of allows you to just get on with like the future and the rest of your life kind of thing yeah uh, just the idea of narratives like everything's got a narrative yeah and uh more often than not you'll pick the narrative that serves you mm-hmm. uh, but that doesn't mean that narrative helps you absolutely so quite often it's like it's a really shit narrative um 
but yeah, if you can kind of push it away, especially like uh, if you're like, oh, I'm fucked up, I'm fucking fucked up, and then you you want to find somewhere to push the blame mm. because it's, it's got to be some way of understanding it and making sense of it. Thus, you do you push the blame onto your parents. Yeah, you know? that's the way we do it, but not always very helpful to you. Nah. Sometimes it's easy and comfortable, though, I guess. Yeah. It's just easy to go, oh, that's your fault or his fault or their fault or whatever. But it's not always the way forward, is it, really? So then what happened? So uh, you... Who, who was the bastard, man? Who <laughs> <laughs> was the bastard, man? There was someone who was really old. There was a bloke... There was, was it my, my stepdad, when uh, he was it. growing up, was really difficult. It wasn't nice to you. I felt like he wasn't very nice. Yeah. Um, not even that he wasn't nice. He was very cold. Uh, mm. There wasn't cuddles or anything like that. And I don't actually remember much like kind of dialogue with him growing up. It's like yeah, living in a house similar, with each other. It's just stony silence quite yeah. a lot of the time. And then when he was talking, it felt like he was just digging all the time. And he used to do this thing where he like poke me like right in the step. Oh, right. You know. In future, you will do this, and it's wow. like, oh, getting you right in the heart. But um, yeah, I mean, my mum's still with my dad, and she'll probably listen to this. Hi, mum. <laughs> but this is nothing that she doesn't already yeah. know. Um, and again, I feel at peace with him now. It's not even so. So my narrative about the men in my life and like growing up, yeah, for a really long time was, well, I just hate men then. I really mm. hate men. And it was when I was doing my counselling, I actually eliminated the word hate from my um, vocabulary. Yeah. And I, I don't use that word. What, 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 were this, what when you're training? Yeah, yeah. Oh. Because this was stuff that came up. Like, well, you, you're saying you hate men all the time. And it actually, it was like someone like you that's like, Disproved it. Well, I don't hate men. Uh, I don't hate men. That Nick. Not I don't hate bad. Nick. Uh, and no, even no. my like counselling tutor was a guy, and he was really nice, and he was really compassionate. I'm like, hang on, this, this is like two, two people. So um, yeah. So I don't really use the word hate anymore. I don't necessarily love everyone. No. Sometimes I'm just neutral, and that's okay. That's really cool. I like that. I like that. See, lot. it's fair, but you say that and. I was thinking that earlier, I think when Brad was talking, was that um, I don't really hate anyone. No. I, I don't. Like, I, I kind of, I, I suppose I kind of hate my granddad and my and my, my nan. And I, but in some way, uh, I, I know that I've got to get past that and then I'll start feeling even better. Mm-hmm. But um, I find it easier to focus hate in one place, that way I don't spread hate everywhere else. Mm. So there has been a lot of people in my life who I've hated, um, and now I, I just don't. I just don't. Like, there's been people I hated. Someone got in touch with me on Instagram recently, and I hated them. And they were like, I oh, really, what you're doing is amazing. I really love what you're like. Oh, I've so felt cool. those feelings, and your talk about suicide's really, like, really touched me. And I was like, I don't hate you anymore. Mm. And then I replied with compassion and respect. Mm. And, and I was like, that was really easy. So I, I, I found myself just going, no, I don't hate anyone. Mm. Like, I don't need to hate people. No. Because hate is, 
that's that's all about you. It's got mm. nothing to do with the other person no, at all. Of it's about you just kind of... Yeah. And then you kind of... Fe- it's just a poison as well. It's yeah. like feeling hate in your body and in your system. That's just a poison. It feels horrible, doesn't it? No, yeah, exactly. It feels horrible in your chest. Yeah. And, mm. and actually, you just don't need to. And and all you do is you rehearse it, don't you? You rehearse that hate. So, I, I yeah, I totally agree with that. That's a good bit of advice, everybody. It's great advice. Try and let go of hate. <laughs> that, that is an amazing bit of advice, though, that I think like everyone can get something from. Mm. And like if you if you stop hating, then you can learn to accept people a little bit more, mm. uh, and then just try and also you know that element of trying to kind of think, well, what are they going through? Mm-hmm. And then it's easier to not. I ha- don't mean you have to like hundred percent forgive and be all like hippie and mm. oh my god, I, no, I no, just you don't have to gloss over the yeah, truth no. of people that have hurt you, but you might just be able to get to a place where you just feel neutral about it. Yeah, and just, that's all right. You can live with that. Yeah, 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 totally. It's a little, little bit easier to live with feeling neutral about someone than hate. That takes a lot of energy. Mm. Yeah, it does. Yeah, and it, yeah, and it hurts. It feels mm. horrible and it makes you tired. Yeah. Yeah, that's very true. I, it's funny, you go, that's all right. Like, that is one of the things uh, I think I learned from you when you working together and you'd be like, well, that's all right, you can deal with it. All right. and, like, and then I find myself saying that to other mm. people now. You do say I'm that. going, oh, that's all right, you can do yeah. that. Like, oh, I feel shit, but that's all right. Yeah. You feel shit now, you don't mean you're going to feel shit tomorrow. And it's so true. It's like, don't give it so much weight. Mm. Shrug your shoulders, don't give it so much weight. It doesn't yeah. really matter. So what other nuggets have you learnt along the way? What other nuggets? Do you mind me smoking? No. Was that the right answer? Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. What else? Uh, I don't know. It's about finding balance with everything, really, isn't it? Mm. That's what uh, we saw. We interviewed Eddie Temple Morris recently, and he was very much talking about balance. Yeah, it was like something could be really shit there, but something will be really good there, and it will mm-hmm. balance it out. That way, you don't need to worry. I like what he said Shit about balances out. accepting the fact that there's darkness in the world and it's just as important as the light sometimes and it could be hard to get our heads around because like mm-hmm. the heroes in films and stuff like that against the baddies and stuff but like being able to just like get the balance of darkness and light and sort of see it for what it is and just accept it is pretty important. Yeah, about just, that a lot again, it's like just pulling the weight out of it, mm. pulling yeah. the strength and the emotion out of things mm. because they don't really need to be there a lot of the time. Mm. Yeah. No, they don't. So, um, so, how many times did you go to hospital then? Oh, uh, I honestly lost count. Really? Probably about what, 10, like admitted and, like legitimate suicide attempts. Type yeah, thing. yeah. Fucking. Sometimes hell. a week at a time. Sometimes two weeks. Sometimes three weeks. Unbelievably, though, and I know you're having Simon on. We never met each other yeah. in all the time that we was like wow. because he, he's had several hospitalizations yeah. as well and we never met each other which is quite weird really i but think didn't you met didn't you meet off the back of we met at, at uh, mind mental health dropping center that's how we actually met i always love telling people that story where did you meet <laughs> dropping center <laughs> that sounds fucking proper rock and roll yeah, don't it? like it's like you met it a rehab you know what? I spent a lot of time as a child in the Grey's uh, drop-in centre, like, helping with 
make sandwiches and just generally bumming around there because my mum would take me in a school if there was no one to look after me. I spent a lot of fucking time at mine's. <laughs> Maybe all rubbed off. That's Maybe right. it did. Yeah, I did. Uh, I used. To, I didn't used to like it. I used to find it quite scary because mm. you get uh, you get like people who are reasonably together, then you get people who are who are really unwell. But you also get people who have got like learning difficulties and things yeah. like that. So you get like you know like as you would traditionally think of as the weirdos who live down the street who stand out shouting at cars. You get a lot of people like that, and as you're a kid, that's quite scary because mm. you can't make sense of it. It's different from the norm, like your day-to-day yeah. kind of thing, I guess. Yeah, so it's quite kind of quite weird. So that's what. So you met Simon, um, but then you kind of then looked after Simon a lot, didn't you? Really? Yeah, yeah. I mean, when we met, I was actually probably the wellest I'd been for a long time. And, like, I'd split with my kid's dad, like, the year before, and I'd have um, this whole year to myself. I was still doing all my psychotherapy and all that in that time. But I'd had this whole year to just kind of stand on my own two feet, and it was really useful. And if I, I wanted to take my kids to McDonald's at 9 o'clock at night, I'd do it, and I didn't have anyone kind of wagging their finger at me. Um, so that was that was really good and then yeah I'm, I really was not looking to meet anyone at all and uh yeah, yeah I can't yeah I can't ever imagine you so I'm not being together though I like, know it, it, it really and it was I know it sounds it really it don't sound bad but it was like one of those like instant things uh-huh. like the day that I met him I literally went home that day and said to my mum I've met the man I'm gonna marry that's today that's so really cool. yeah, I love yeah. that that's incredible yeah. that's yeah. so good Oh, oh, yeah. That's kind of special. Yeah, I love that. Then a, a month Simon, later, he you... was in hospital because yeah. I'd just <laughs> met him on the, the cusp of a manic hire. So. Yeah, yeah, Simon's, <laughs> yeah, Simon's like, not got, not like us in that way. Like, we're miserablists. You don't, oh, you're he's not pretty a, miserable as well. But you're but... not like, you don't have like dips and highs, do you? No, no. Uh, I mean, I, I've been really well for a really long time. Yeah. I've not had any medication since yeah, no, two thousand and one, I think. Oh. And I was on a lot of medication. Mm. I was on injections and everything. Um, but yeah, I just, I mean, I, I seriously think, and this is why I went into counselling, is for me that therapy was the lifesaver. Okay. Even though it was long and it was arduous and it was like ten years of my life every single week going there, they never gave up on me. Um, and I, I, I don't know, I kind of learned not to give up on myself. Yeah, and so you maybe. keep going, keep going, keep going. And like, even if you only get like six or eight sessions and you get to the end of that, ask for more, mm. ask for something else. What else have you got? Mm. Keep going and keep going and keep going. Mm. The thing is, though, I found, like, for me, I had to be, for me to, like, well, it's not, I guess the times when I've done, when I've really engaged with, because like, I've had periods when I've had therapy and I mm. don't think I'm necessarily engaged mm. that well. Like, I've been young, mm. you know. Like I, I had like, quite an intensive batch of therapy when I was 14 and I don't really think I engaged with it. I didn't really understand mm. what they were talking about. Kept asking me about my family and I didn't know how that works. I didn't understand it. So I just thought, like, I'm just sitting here bitching. I didn't really understand it. And then I had some more, like, some years later, saying, like, when I was about 18, 19, 
And again, I was in the same kind of position then. I was like, I wasn't really ready. Mm. Um, and then the only the times when it really, really worked was when I was fucking desperate. Mm. I was like, I cannot handle my brain any longer. And then you just go, I, and then you are like, you're like, right, this is finished. I'm, I'm on the, I'm on the train mm. now. I'm not fucking giving up. Give me something else. Let's keep going with it. Refer me there. Mm. And like, you just really engage with it because you're like, I can't do it. I can't keep going as I am. And it just makes all the difference, doesn't it? And it's, it's a shame you have to get at that point, but I, I kind of feel like you do. Like, I've been hassling bright therapy, and it's like, and, until you're, you're at the point when you're like, I, I can't, I can't do anything else now. Mm. Do you think that's right? I don't know. I just it's going back to that, like polishing the mm. mirror thing. Every time you will have had any kind of therapy, you've polished a little bit of the mirror. You might not feel like you have at the time, and then there's been, you know, you saying about like not going, uh, going and maybe not taking it seriously. When I was doing my counselling training, the first block of counselling that I had, I was absolute dick to the woman. I was like, I'm going to trick you, I'm going to tell you a load of old shit and see where we go. Oh, did you really? Yeah, yeah, I was awful. But I learned a lot about myself. Mm. I learned how bloody manipulative I can be yeah. and, like, what a ball bag I can be. It's just part of the process, yeah, yeah, like the beginning is. of the learning. Yeah. It's like shedding away the layers of the it onion is. kind of thing. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I suppose if you, like, if you turn up, then you're going to get something. Yeah. It's like if you fucking. It might it not off. be what you expect, yeah. but you'll get something. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, because like now, whenever I talk to anyone about counseling, I'm like, you've got to throw yourself into it. Like, because some bits sound cheesy, some bits sound obvious. But like now, like, I find when I'm having psychotherapy, they'll say something. And it's like, I've heard it a hundred times, but they just said it then. And I'm like, fuck. Right time, right place, yeah. kind of thing. Uh, and like that's what because you've matured, mm -hmm. you've had different experiences from one day to the next, and you're like, oh shit, I have moments like that all the time now. I really do. Just like, oh shit, I did. Just look at it very slightly differently, and then suddenly that clicks in, and something else clicks in. Because like now, I feel like I'm the best I've ever been. Like, I've never felt so good, and like, I just don't. I, I'm don't really have. Like, if I dip, it's just for, like, a day at the most. Mm. Sometimes not even that. Mm. You know, like, I dip Does it sometimes. feel weird, like, not feeling how you used to feel? Uh, yeah. yeah. Uh, just because um, what I, I find uh, myself thinking the way I, I used to think, uh, and I'm like, oh, shit, that's what I used to do, and I don't like that. Mm -hmm. those are the weird it's weird in that way like that just kind of you re you catch yourself doing what you used to do uh, like getting angry and hating and all of that shit and then you think oh shit yeah I don't do that anymore I forgot you know like mm -hmm. you forget forget oh yeah that's what I used to be all the time mm -hmm. like I always used to go to sleep thinking about killing people um, and now quite often I lay there and I think oh I don't know what to think about because that person I used to think about killing, I'm not angry with them anymore. So like, I go to sleep and I'm like, what am I going to think about? <laughs> Amazing. And like, I can't get to sleep because I can't think about killing people. And I'm like, I don't want to think about killing people anymore. And I used to find that really comforting. Mm. You know, like that anger and that darkness is really comforting and alluring. Mm. Uh, but I just now, I'm like, now I kind of think it's really horrible. Feels, it feels like a horrible thing. When before it felt lovely. Mm. But I, I suppose it didn't feel lovely, did it? 
just whatever was comfortable. It just felt and dark. Yeah. yeah, it's like wearing a big old cloak around. Yeah, yeah. I suppose it's that attraction to the dark yeah. side. But yeah. even, it's funny though, because like Helen and I quite often, uh, like if we're watching a scary film, we'll message each other and go, oh, "Have you seen this?" Do that all the time, and uh, yeah, because we both really like like horror movies. Like the more disturbing, the better. And um, and like that, and I suppose like you you just throw your darkness into that. Uh, but now, even sometimes watching horror movies, I'm a bit like, yeah. have you ever found yeah, that? Yeah. It's just a bit like, just don't appeal to me in the same way. I suppose like because you probably start to see through the smoke and mirrors of it all, especially with so much like CGI and stuff like that. No, it's not that. I I think it's that like I used to hang myself on it. Mm. So like you'd watch something really dark, and you'd be like, oh yeah, that's a bit of me. I'm a mess like that. Mm. You know, like, uh, and I kind of almost hang myself on it as though uh, uh, I'd find it a comfort or it would be like, uh, it would be comfortable, I guess. And now I'm a bit like, uh, and I'd kind of rather watch something where, um, like, uh, kind of... rom-com. No, not a rom-com, and I'm not going that far. (laughs) I like an an American indie film Mm. that's like, uh, got feelings in it. That's the bit I think. It's I like. I've watched different films now than I used to. I used to just watch horror all the time. That was it, because it only used to make me feel one way. It used to make me feel angry. It used to make me feel hateful. Mm. It used to make me feel destructive, whether it's destroying someone else or destroying myself. And it's like now I want to feel something else. I want to feel a range of emotions. I want to feel like light and happy and positive and. Like life's actually worth living now. I mean, that's that's quite a nice. That's quite yeah, a nice yeah, feeling, yeah, you know. Life's lovely. worth living. Yeah, yeah. You, like it's funny because um, I, I I've definitely started feeling much mm. more like that. Uh, I don't feel like I want to destroy myself so much. Um, I don't, I don't feel nearly as self destructive. Like someone said to me the other day about smoking. Like a guy Mark I work with, he's really cool, and he was going. And he just said, oh, I kind of wish you didn't smoke. And like, not for any reason, just that. He said, I just don't, uh, I hate to think of you getting anyone dying. Yeah, I do feel a bit like that. And I was like, for years, I'm like, well, this is, yeah, that's why I am smoking. Mm. And now I'm a bit more like, well, actually, that's not what I want anymore. Mm. Now it's like, I don't want to do those little incremental things that might kill me. Kind of now, I'm like, no, I just kind of want to see it through, which is really, really different. Mm. Like that's huge. Yeah, it is really yeah. different for me because I was just, like, I've been fixated on death since, since I was really, really young, not obsessed with it. Mm. And now I'm like, oh, maybe I don't want to. It's amazing. But then, and then I think because of that, other good things have started to happen to me. Mm. Like other things, just because you kind of have a more positive outlook, then I think what happens, you start noticing the good things. Mm. When when you're kind of really dark and self-destructive, you just don't notice them. Mm. Well, you're not looking for them because you're actually looking for things to Absolutely. confirm the Absolutely, you're looking to, for reinforcement of your beliefs yeah. that everything is awful. Yeah. Self-actualising yeah. thing. And that, yeah, and then you do, you go back and you think, oh, yeah, my dad did this. Mm. And See that proves it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I've done that for my whole life, mm. and like, and I just don't do it as much. Like you, you genuinely seem different. 
I feel different. Yeah, I feel like I've had like more than one life in in a way. Yeah, I feel like I've had this life now, and the ill life. Yeah, and the ill life is over. Yeah, it almost feels like I I know it's not a different person, but it feels like a different person because talking to people now and meeting people now and kind of mixing in the circles that I do now. Whenever I do say anything about like you know my childhood or being in and out of hospital, they're like. Really? Wow. Yeah, no, but like people are people have always said that to me. Mm. They've always said, "Oh, you're a bit of bastards," because I was always kind of angry. Yeah. Um, but people were because I'm always kind of quite loud and I play a joker and that. People tend to they think that that mm. like, last thing they think yeah. is that they might not feel I've got it sorted, but they, like mm. the last thing they'd think is that I, I've got a death wish and I, I can't stop about killing myself stop thinking about killing myself mm. so like with you, you like you come across like as quite outgoing really nurturing definitely mm. yeah um, so I could see that they might not think it but like for me I can't see through that issue yeah <laughs> like, no you do though don't you? If, you if you are that way you tend to see other and I've like not that. always been like this either like I've, even like my best mate when I first met my best mate uh, in 2007, she says now, like when she met me, it was almost like there was a little bit of me missing and she couldn't quite put her finger on it. And like at the time I had no friends at all. I didn't really go out. I didn't really do anything. Um, and then I just got involved in like a dance class and made all these really amazing female friends. And we're all so close now. But when they all first met me, they were like, there's something not, quite right about you and <laughs> we don't know what it was oh, really? yeah yeah well, amazing they were was? able to say that though that's really cool they weren't able to say it at the time because no. i'd have, oh, right, I'd have yeah, yeah. probably throat punched yeah helen used to i had quite a stony you could get quite angry yeah. couldn't you yeah. i've never expected i've never ever no, known you that way no. but uh, uh like things you've told me yeah suggest that you you have been quite angry yeah and like, you'd have it if someone fucking tried it. <laughs> you wouldn't believe it, would you? No, because I'm so fluffy now. So. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We all grow up, we all change. That's it, that's part of it, I suppose. What's your, like, day-to-day like? Because you mentioned you're working with kids at the moment. Yeah, right? yeah. So I work with three different children's charities. Um, that's where the most of my counselling work comes from. So mm. I'm in and out of schools. Um, I work for a young carers charity as well. So they're all carers for their parents that might have mental health problems oh, or physical amazing. problems. Wow, that's really cool. Um, and that's lovely work. Yeah, that's yeah. really, really lovely work. Because they're all going through their normal childhood stuff or yeah. teen stuff and they've got this added burden of, you Being know, they have, they have to go home and cook the dinner and sort the uh, meds yeah, out yeah. for their parents and yeah. that. I yeah, uh, to do that for my dad. It's a mad old time, really. It's funny how instinct just kicks in and you yeah. just get on with it. Yeah. But it must be really sad to see in like 10 year olds, 11, 12, 13. Younger, olds. even younger. Wow. Yeah, we've got incredible. like a primary group and everything. Oh my so, goodness. real little ones. Yeah. I think the thing is, though, when mm. instinct kicks in like that, mm. um, you shut everything else out. Yeah. So, yeah. you're kind of like instincts, right? I've got to do this, I've got to do that, I've got to do this. Uh, you don't think about yourself and you just shut it all out and you could do that for years. Yeah, absolutely. And then one day it's like, bang, that's yeah. what happened with the cerebral cancer. It's like, shut everything out, bosh, 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 and then it ends and you go, crash. Yeah. So like almost like you're giving them an opportunity to offload. Yeah, 
yeah, and, and not feel guilty. Yeah, absolutely. And it's like going back to what I'm saying about balance, and it's certainly not my idea, but I, I, it's something I kind of live by that I got from my counselling supervisor, and this is what I do with the the kids: is you think about yourself like a bank account. Like you've got withdrawals coming out, all the stuff that you do for other people, uh, all the stressful stuff on in your day-to-day life. And then you've got deposits, which is the nice stuff that you do for yourself to kind of balance out That's the withdrawals. And if you don't, what happens is you end up in debt. Yeah. And when you end up in debt, that's when you're crashing down. That's when you're having all those irrational faults. It's when you're not sleeping. It's when you're not eating properly. Uh, it's funny because you mentioned that to me. Uh, but I, I think it was on a message. So I didn't get mm, you to explain mm. it. And now you explain it, like that makes sense. I love that. But that, that... It's so easy. It's a really easy way to yeah, understand yeah. about, yeah, you've got all these things that you have to do. Mm-hmm. Not all of them you have to do. Some of them you could choose actually not to do but a lot of the stuff that we do in our day-to-day life you just have to crack on with don't yeah, you but you have to balance it out you have to put the good stuff back in and that might be going for a walk listening to some music eating something nice um when i was first sort of uh playing around with it some of the things that you think are deposits are not deposits in what way like Oh, I know. I'll I'll go home and I'll treat myself to a bottle of wine tonight. Yeah. And I'll do the lot. And that'd be really nice. That'd yeah. be a nice little deposit. It's not a deposit because you wake up feeling like shite yeah, the next yeah. day. Self-destructive. Or, or, you know, I'm going to drive home and I'm going to eat four quarter pounders on the way home because mm. that'll be a nice treat or a big bar of chocolate. And it's like, no, it's not. You're not treating yourself. You're treating yourself badly. Yeah. Do the stuff that, even though it's a chore, going to the gym. I never go to the gym, but doing a bit of exercise, doing something. Yeah, yeah, doing the good things that we should all do to help ourselves, our deposits in our bank, and all the kind of the nice fluffy spiritual stuff as well. So, oh, that's quite interesting. I love that. So so if the the deposit is something that essentially the balance of the deposit... Yeah. If the balance of the deposit like a bottle of wine and you feel like shit yeah. the next day, yeah. then like it's yeah, so then it's not a deposit. It's more of a withdrawal than a deposit. You feel shit it's on the other end of it anyway. Or like hanging out with friends. Yeah. But like I I, t- I do really agree. it's it's funny because you do have to break things down mm. into things like that. Otherwise it's too big. Mm. It's too big a thing. I remember uh, when I first started therapy a few years ago not with Peter anywhere recently but a guy Chris who was also amazing and he was um he would say it's really important to engage with your core values it's like so let's try and think about what your core values are it's like what the fuck yeah uh it's honesty concept and it? it could be anything it could say carrots honesty <laughs> um uh, uh uh, I don't know. You know, like you yeah. like, I don't know what any of that is. Yeah. But like, it basically, it boiled down to doing the things you like doing. Yeah. Because if you do the things you like doing, it makes you feel good. Mm-hmm. Um, and like, we we had somebody who got in touch with us, Jeff. Jeff, hello, Jeff. If you're listening. Hi, Jeff. Um, he uh, he was having loads of problems, and it was like, oh, I was just like, are you doing any things you like doing? Mm. And just do the things you like doing, and make sure you do them. 
and do them as much as you can. Because mm. it is as simple as that. Mm. And that, that, that's the deposit analogy, isn't it? Like, you do, you know, play the guitar for a little bit. Absolutely. You, you can't do it all the time, mm. but you might be able to grab five minutes there, you might be able to grab five minutes there. Uh, and while you're doing it, because you like it, you're not thinking about all the other shit. Mm -hmm. So it gives you a little break. A little break. And that's why I like stuff like gym's good because you, you're not because you're engaging with something you're not thinking. Someone at work was today was talking about yoga, and they were saying how good like they did blindfold yoga, wow. and how good that was because if everyone's blindfolded, you're not thinking about your big mm. ass, what you look, what like, you look like when you're in a weird position, other people, because you know everyone else is blindfolded, mm. so you throw yourself into it, and if you're throwing yourself into it, you're not thinking about all the shit. And it is, it's like, give your brain a chance to rest. And that's, that's, why so that's, cool. and that's basically meditation, mm. you know, essentially. Yeah, I like that analogy. I like that. Little things like that that you can kind of take away, because mm. I'll remember that, because my short-term memory is all over the place. Mm. Like when you can remember the, the little bits and bobs from it all. That's really, really cool. And but it it's, makes it's often sense. like, if you're feeling like crap, ask yourself, am I in debt at the moment? Yeah. Mind debt, do I need to like do some deposits here? Yeah, and that is what life's yeah, about, if, really. If you feel like it? crap, you probably are. Absolutely. So now I need to go, go and do a couple of things that I like doing because yeah. it'll make me feel better. Yeah. So it's really straightforward. Yeah. And I, and I think the people who seem to have it reasonably sorted mm. tend to be the people who just do that naturally. Maybe, mm. yeah. I think it's pulling yourself out of the clouds that you're in mm. to be able to sort of stand back and say, oh, I'm, I feel like this because of that. I'm now going to try this. Because quite often I find I'm so busy going, oh, this is that, that's that, this is that, that's yeah. that. And it's only when like it stops or like it comes to the evening and I sort of sit for a second. Or when we're doing this, actually, funnily enough, that I get a chance to sort of actually just sit and reflect for a minute. Then it, then I start to think, ah, oh, yeah, that makes sense. I couldn't see it at the time because it was like the yeah. mist or whatever. Um, but now I can kind of reflect and uh, I think of it because of that and that way kind of thing. And it's taking time to... Yeah, like, I suppose that is the same sort of thing, just reflecting on yourself for a minute and not focusing on what's sort of in front of your eyes. And it's quite hard because I think the way the world is set up, uh, it's just not set up in that way, is it? No. Nah. Because everything around you is almost just telling you you're not good enough. Mm. So it's just like the kind of the paradigm doesn't really work. And it's funny because today I was also saying, uh, like in that conversation about yoga, was that, and I'm like, and I can't believe I said it because it's just so not me. But I'm like, uh, all of that stuff is the way to go. You know, like it's like it, being cynical mm. isn't the way to go. Being cynical and saying, you know, like, oh, that's all airy-fairy bollocks. Like, that's why we're in the state we're in. Yeah, definitely. You know, like, like you don't have to go, um, you know, I'm a spiritual person. But actually, all of those things are about investing in yourself more than anything else. And I giving think. it a go without judging it as well, yeah, I think. because they're actually just about you doing something for you. Mm. And like, I just think we, we've all lost sight of that. And it's like, I, I'm learning more and more mm. that's the way to go. Mm. I did my breathing this morning, this Wim Hof breathing. Oh, I'm loving it, I am. Yeah. So this is it. We, we, Eddie Temple Morris was a revelation in many, many ways. Yes. Um, 
particularly for me because he's decided he's turned into my best mate. <laughs> uh, but on top of that, what he told us about the Wim Hof breathing thing. Have you seen it? The it's called the Ice Man. Basically, he does this breathing thing, and it's really straightforward. You take in really deep breaths and let out. You go. <gasps> So you're taking in more air than you're letting out. Mm -hmm. All the way in and all the way out. And then you hold your breath. Mm -hmm. And then you let it out. Another 30 times you do it again. Another 30 times you do it again. If you're really into it, you do press-ups and sit-ups in between. Um, And you get to a point where you don't need to breathe as much. Wow. So you can hold your breath for fucking ages. Mm. Um, But what it does, it increases... uh, uh, oh, it's, it basically increases endorphins and things like that. Mm. It just basically makes you happier. Yeah, it charges you up with oxygen yeah. and it makes your body alkaline as well. Yeah, so yeah, you're less acid. acidic. And that's the balance thing again. Yeah. Mm, like You mm. think like acid and alkaline, it's just readdressing, rebalancing your body. And it's amazing how like, our breath is shorter because like we're nervous or stressed or tense well, or whatever. Well, that's totally true, yeah. And that's yeah. how people, like, that's brings on panic attacks, isn't it? Mm. It's a lack of breath. So anyway, so we've both been messing around a little bit because Eddie was pretty inspiring because he's yeah. like, I don't feel sad anymore. I just feel fucking electric. Yeah. And and like, we're like, oh, on. He's and essentially, he pretty fucking he's electric. basically like a sexy Yoda for us now. Yeah, right? yeah, he is, yeah. <laughs> anyway, so he, he said they do that and then he goes into the shower and they'll have a normal shower and then he'll blast himself with cold water. And I did that this morning. And I'll tell you what. It's amazing, isn't it? I was like, fuck. Yeah. I was like, fucking, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and, I, and I really did. And I had a proper bounce in my step, come mm. down the stairs singing. I mean, I've been doing a lot more that lately anyway. Like, mm. I don't feel, but normally when I wake up in the morning, I feel anger, 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 anger. And I haven't felt that for a little while. Mm. It's pretty fucking, and I've had to get up earlier because my work, now it's just I have to go in on time. <laughs> it's pretty Sat It's savage. <laughs> So, so true, so true. But you, the, you do, so, uh, I also find this really interesting, of what you do. So, you do uh, tribal unity, that's right, is it yeah. still tribal unity? Yeah. So, what Helen does is, um, is she dances, like this kind of tribal dancing, isn't it? Mm. Wow. Um but you've got like a little gang of you, a little gang. A I, I sound like I'm a taking tribe. a piss. But, <laughs> uh, but like, I suppose you kind of got me into like, because you talked about that stuff. Yeah. It did kind of make me less cynical about I it. I want to know like, more. This sounds amazing. You know that does it, doesn't it? You know, because I just respect you. So it's like, well, it can't, you know. It's got to be sung in it because I know it's not. Oh, I love the thought of stuff like that from what I what I gather. It might not be what you think it is. Okay. Mm-hmm. No, tell him what it is then. <laughs> well, it, I used to take the piss. It's like uh, it's a fusion of belly dance styles. So it, it's kind of African, uh, Indian, like classic Indian, uh, Middle Eastern, Turkish, uh, flamenco. There's a bit of flamenco wow. in there, but the idea behind it is. There's no choreography at all. It's all improvised. You learn the moves individually, and it's basically like learning another language. Oh, wow. So it's tribal because it's there's always more than one of you. Yeah. Um, and you basically, whoever's leading the tribe, everyone else follows, 
and there's like little different little cues like a turn of the head or something but it's all about like non-verbal communication and Brilliant. sharing energy yeah, yeah i love it and that. it's um it's very spiritual mm. so i can't speak japanese but i could go over to japan and dance with someone that does the same style no well, and we wouldn't be so in sync that's so cool it looks like it's choreo uh, choreographed but it never is wow it's like you're attached to a string as it's uh yeah, I, I, remember, I remember asking you about it. It's like, how do you know what it's doing? And you're like, well, you just kind of know. Instinct. And I'm like... Ah. Energy. But then you think, if you're with a group of people mm. and you're all doing it all the time, yeah. I could understand that you... Uh, it's like, uh, oh, what's the word? Like a collective conscience. Yeah. Conscious. Yeah. But you, then you can pick up... So like when you're mate, you've known all your life, it's like... Goes on, oh, let's let's fuck off. And you're like, yeah, I was thinking the same. It's yeah. kind of like that. Yeah, yeah. Synchronicity. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. I also liked it. Uh, so when we were at work, Kevin started doing like getting groups of people together to make things. Oh, that's cool. And it was just the most simple idea, but. Uh, and I was like, oh, I don't know if I can make it because they're making loads of shit. <laughs> and then, uh, and then, and then he just went. Oh, it's kind of like, you know, like when uh, tribes women would sit around. And like sit that. in a circle. Yeah. Making things, yeah, chatting. Yeah. Putting the worlds to rights. Yeah. And it's like... Yeah, it's not a new idea by any means. No, no, no but then I, I, I had like a penny like a, and I was like, well, a fucking cool. It's like a leveller because all of a sudden yeah. you're all in the same situation. You're all doing exactly the same things. Okay. You start at the same point. And then you kind of deep dive into each other, like everything else. That's so cool. It's like, mm. it's it just like makes so sense. And it is. It's like those basic truths. Mm. Those real basic things yeah. that we just yeah. lost sight of. And getting worse now because actually we just do things on the phone. Absolutely. Yeah. And then we don't see each other's faces. And we no. don't know. Don't hear the tones of voices. So uh, Darren Garwood's, um, who we've had on before, uh, he said, he's, he messaged me today and said, do you think, uh, the fact that no one's got any money and all the pubs are closed and everyone's drinking at home. Right. Do you think that makes the situation worse? And I, my instant thought was, well, no, that's better because then people aren't going to have fights outside of pubs. Mm. But then, then I thought, well, then maybe then people aren't talking as much. Yeah. And then we are living in our little silos mm. and we're not engaging because I think for me, like... When I came home tonight, I really could not be... I, could be, I just wanted to sit down and do nothing. Mm. Uh, but then you get energised when you're around other people. Mm. It's like, you guys come around, we start talking, and now I've got lots of energy and everything, you know. And I, I think you get energised when you're around others. That went really fast. Fucking hell. That went really fast. What do you want to do? Should we carry on? Yeah, if you want. Are you want to stay? Yeah. Should we do should we do another Just keep going. Okay. catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. 
Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. <laughs> <laughs> 